The following is a presentation of Amarillo Fellowship, a community dedicated to spreading the love and hope of Christ. For more information and other podcasts, visit AmarilloFellowship.com. Hey guys, how's it going? Ah, sit down. Oh, man, I'm excited to be here. Um, I'm, I'm having a few issues this morning. One, I'm wearing glasses, and here's the story behind the glasses, guys. I'm not used to wearing glasses. I wear contact lenses. I'm letting you in on my personal life right now, okay? This is what we're doing. This is because we're a family here. This is, if, if, if you're a guest here, it's your first time, you're like, I don't, I don't care. Well, I care. It's my life, okay? This is serious to me. So, so you're in church. Act like it. So... So my son, his glasses, which are these that I'm wearing, his glasses broke one of the arms, and so he's wearing contacts, and I, when I was leaving, I grabbed them from the microwave, and I said, I can fix these, I'll buy another pair of glasses, and I'll just put the little arm on from those glasses, you know, you know what I'm saying, I'm, I'm Mexican, okay, so that I do that stuff, and so uh, <laughs> I'm half white too, everyone, settle down. Um, so, so, so I, I, I get to the hotel last night. I take my contact lenses out, okay? And as I take one out, it rips in half. And I think, that's not good because I, I could, then I'll be up here like this. Just like, you know, like a very piratey. And so, so then I remembered, wait a minute. I fixed my son's glasses in the plane, and my son and I wear the same prescription. Thank the Lord. Yep, yeah, yes. <laughs> I don't know if you can thank the Lord for Eel. But anyway, uh, so, so then I put these on this morning, but I'm not used to wearing glasses. So if you see me doing like this, I'm not trying to cause an effect or anything like that. It's just because I'm worried that I'm going to step off of things. So with that being said, everyone bow your head. Let's pray. Father God, help us. Amen. This morning, this morning I can barely move and I'm hurting really bad and I blame your church. Let me explain. Let me explain this. Okay, so last time I was here, I rode motorcycles. We got to go do some Harley riding. Yes, and I'm, I, I like big bikes. That's, that's my thing. I'm a Harley snob. I know a lot of people are like, yeah, I like you know, rockets, and I like those little... And that's cool. That's cool. If you want to ride a mosquito, you can. I... I'm old school Pentecostal, man. My, my bike speak in tongues. That's... I, I need that old school revival kind of motorcycle. I'm not seeker friendly. That's fine. Uh, but just telling you where I stand. And so, and so we went and rode motorcycles. But I, my hands were hurting really bad after that day because I was developing what they call a thing called trigger fingers. Anyone ever heard of this? That's the, that's the technical name. It's trigger finger. Trigger finger. Sounds like a cool disease, right? Like if you've got to have something, that's like, I got trigger finger. <laughs> You know, it's, it sounds really cool. Um, it doesn't feel that cool. And, and so I, I go and I get it checked out because it's, it's starting to affect my riding. And, and God does not want my, ride, my motorcycle riding affected. And so, so I go and I check it out. And they said, well, what's going to have to happen is you're going to eventually have to get surgery. And they're going to have to just cut the tendons in these, in these fingers. And uh, yeah, I know. And so, so I was like, ah, you know, I did mention that I'm half Mexican. And in my household, when we were growing up, like we went to the doctor for nothing, nothing. My, my little Mexican nana, mijo, let me look at it. No, mijo, it was like that. That's how it was before. <laughs> you sure? Because I don't think I walked like that before. <laughs> mijo, you did. We didn't want to say anything to embarrass you. 
So we never went to the top. We never went. And so I've still got that old school mentality of like, I'm sure it'll work out just fine. And those of you who are aging, you realize, you know, sometimes when you feel a certain way, you're like, oh, you're like, well, that's how I'm going to feel the rest of my life from this point. You know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't just work out a lot of times anymore, you know? And so, so anyway, I, I, I started to realize I couldn't ride my motorcycle anymore. I could, I, I was, was, so I finally, I go get it worked on, okay? And as I go get it worked on, the doctor said, you're going to need both hands done. So we'll do one hand, and then and six months later, we'll do the other. And I was like, if you're in there, man, why don't you just do both hands at one time? And he's like, no, I had to devise against that. And I said, well, here's what's going to happen is I'm going to get that one hand done, and then I'm never coming back. That's just what's going to happen. I know me. And he's like, okay. And so they did it. And so I thought that it would be a quick recovery, and, <laughs> and I had to wear these big mittens. I looked like I, looked like I, was, like, like I was a robot, like, you know, just... I couldn't, I couldn't. Be. And so the doctor said, you're going to have to stop. I've always, I've always tried to take care of myself, at least a little bit physically, especially since I'm getting older, you know. And, and so I've always been into working out and stuff. And, and the doctor said, you're not going to be able to lift any heavy objects for, you know, probably a good four months. And so you have to stop going to the gym. And, and I was like, mm, I don't want to stop going to the gym. And, and so it's been a couple of months now. I knew I was coming here. Here's my concern with coming here. My concern with coming here is that you guys have a beautiful church and you've got screens. And usually when there's good screens and tech stuff, there's cameras involved. And I remember, I saw last year when I was here, then like the next day I was on Twitter with, with nice pictures. But, you know, the picture quality was nice, but I was like, you know, so... So I told myself, I'm going to get myself physically fit again before I go back to Amarillo. That's what I told myself. So, two weeks ago, I went against my doctor's uh, advice. There's the camera right there. I see you. <laughs> From here, here to here. That's what we're focusing on. So then I go, I go. I know some of you are like, well, where's the scripture? It's coming. Just wait. I got this. <laughs> so, so then I go and I, I start working out again. Which brings me to the point why I can barely move right now. Because I'm once again in that position where I started to take action on something that I wanted to do. And don't you wish we just had the result immediately? You know what I'm saying? Like, that when, we, when we see something in our head, we're just like, that's what I want. Oh, and, and we see, like, to the total gym. It's that, yeah, I'm going to be Chuck Norris next week. And it never works out like that. It's always this process that we have to go through. And, and I found that in life, we always want the result. Everyone wants the result. I, I want to be fit. I want to be healthy. I'm not going to have to. God's healing me from type 2 diabetes. But in the meantime, I'm going to eat some more burritos. Where's chocolate? I mean, it's the process that's hard. The result, we can see a result. And in my head, I saw myself up here. I saw myself this morning in my mind. I saw myself. I wasn't wearing this black shirt that's slimming looking. No. I was wearing a white shirt. And it was short sleeves. And I had muscles. And I was walking around. And people were thinking, man, that guy works out. That's the result I wanted. But instead, I'm up here going, eh, eh, eh. 
I feel like Woody Allen, and so I started working out. And, and I found this. I found that the process is the hard part in life. The process. And, and we find ourselves with not wanting to go to the pro, through the process, so we just stop altogether. I'm, I'm not new to work. Now, this is not a new thing. I remember when I was 19, uh, the first point of this whole thing is in that process, there's three steps in the whole process. There's three steps before we even enter this thing. And that's what I want to talk about today. But the first step is seeing it. We see something we want. We see the result. And we have to expose ourselves to different things if we want different results in our life. We really, we really do. We expose ourselves. And I remember this was no new thing. But we constantly, if we stop doing Doing stuff, what's going to happen is we end up back to where we were or even worse because things get worse over time as we stand still. It's just how it goes. It used to be when I was 23, I'm 43 now, when I was 23, I could just think about, like I could think about, man, I wish I was, I wish I had a tan. And then all of a sudden I look and whoom, I'm browner. Just seemed to work out easier, but as time goes on, I realize now it's just like, man, it, it, it gets harder because as you stand still, things don't stay the same. They get worse, and that's how life goes. Romans 12, 2, there's the verse. Romans 12, 2 says this. It says, don't be conformed to this world. But be transformed. Conform means to be like everybody else. It, it can even. It doesn't just mean like the outside world and the unchurched world and the crazy people working at the Halloween store. Now, it means it means that you 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 can't be like someone else just because you admire them. Even a godly. I loved it. I loved your, what you were doing up here in praise and worship today. I want to be like that. I want the wavy hair. <laughs> I want that. I want to be skippy and you know what I'm saying. I want to do that. I don't want to clunk when I walk. I want to float and glide like you. But I can look at you all day and I'm like, that's, look, he's doing something great for God and that's how I want to be. And listen, my admiration is great, but my desire to be what he is is wrong. Because according to God in Genesis 126 and 127, God created man in his image. In the image of God, he created him, both male and female, he created them. God created us all in his image. The first word image is imagination. The second word image is DNA. God created us in his image, in his imagination. So in his imagination, he was seeing us already. The process I'm talking about, it's for us, is the same process God goes through. God sees it in his imagination. He dreamed it. He dreamed about us. I don't know if you guys know, but the rodeo's in town. You know that? I know because they're at the hotel, a lot of them. <laughs> it's safe to say I stood out this morning at the breakfast buffet. <laughs> and I heard a conversation. The conversation this morning was... How good they had it back in the Old West. Because some of them went to this museum over here and they saw some Old West stuff. And, and I thought to myself, you know what? They, they think that it was good back then. But in reality, all of us, like there's a, there's a time in, like in my mind, oh, if I could go back to the 80s, yeah, that's where, that's what I want to be. I was just in the 80s. I loved it because I looked just like this in the 80s. And those guys, the, the reality is, the reality is, 
God saw when they would work in this generation and chose to put them here. Why? Because none of those guys who were dreaming about living in the Old West were sitting around a campfire outside this morning. They were at the breakfast buffet <laughs> in a hotel. You know what I'm saying? Now, with perfectly ironed, I mean the most perfectly ironed clothes I've ever seen. Now, that wasn't the Old West days. One of them got up and went to the bathroom, and I bet he flushed a toilet that worked. He didn't, excuse me, I'm going to outhouse now. No. He went to the men's restroom. See, God created you with his, in his imagination, me in his imagination. And he knew when we would work. And so God saw us when we would work. And the first thing about doing this is seeing. See, some of us are in the stage where we haven't seen a vision for ourselves in a long time. We've forgotten, or maybe we've never even considered that there's more that God wants from us. And there's several reasons for this. One could be you're in fear. I remember, <laughs> I remember that I was always in fear for, to get too close to God. And I'll explain that. Because when I was a little boy, my nana, my little Mexican nana, who got like radically saved. She was a 17-year heroin addict, and and she was in mental institutions. She was in prison. My grandpa spent his his life in prison. All this horrible family history. So when she got saved, she got like seriously saved. When I say radically saved, she got, I call it Mexican saved, Lord God saved. There's There's a level of Hispanic saved that you get where Lord God just slips out between everything. Like if you hear a Mexican that's praying like this, Lord God, we just bless you, Lord God, and we just come to you, Lord God, this morning. Lord God, and we thank you, Lord God, for that's a, that's a Lord God say. That was my that was my not, it's it's like Father God with the white people. Um, it's <laughs> when she when she got I don't know where to go when she got to, <laughs> so she would drag me to these revivals, and here's the reason I was afraid to see myself differently, to see this vision for me. I was afraid because. When, I, when she would drag me to these old school revivals, when I say the old school revivals, I'm talking about old school tent revivals that it never made sense to me in the middle of the summer, out in the south, I mean, and, and you know, 112 degrees, and there's an air-conditioned church building right next door, right there, in the, in the and there we are. And, and the evangelist would always, he'd always pull me out of the crowd, always. I was six years old, he, young man, come out here. You, know, you remember the evangelist back then. That's, see, it's a different day now. Preachers look good today. You know why? Cameras, that's why. Facebook, Twitter, our podcasts, and all this stuff. Yeah, you think that Apostle Paul had to deal with any of that? No, he was just writing and eating fish. And, 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 and the preachers would always be, you know, and they would always, and the Lord God's going to get you. And he was always some kind of end times thing, but at the end he goes, young man, come here. God's got a word for you. God's going to cause you to speak to the nations before rulers and travel the world and, and, and go all over the world. And, and I was like, yeah. see, here's the deal, though. I never really, really cared for the concept of traveling all over the world. It's not that I don't like traveling. I love traveling. But there's some people who are like, that is their thing. You know what I mean? Like, I want to go to South Africa. I want to go. I want to go to these nations that have never heard. And this tribe where other Christians have been killed. And that's why. And I'm like, "Mm, okay. 
It's not that I don't want those people to get the message. You, you know the story of Jonah. Jonah didn't want to go because he didn't want the people to get the message. That was the story why he didn't want to go to Nineveh. And so the whale scooped him up. I just, there's never been in my heart this strong desire. And some of you, you're resisting to get too close to God or too close to seeing what it is he has for you. You're afraid to ask because you're afraid that he's going to say something that you don't like. Let me, just, let me just assure you of this. If God has put a call on your life to do something, God will place the desire to do that call within you. The closer you get to him, the more it will make sense. But I was always afraid, and I always thought, because it wasn't just one, I'm not talking about one preacher, I'm talking about all my life from the, all, uh, oh, God's going to use you. And, God, and I was like, oh, and, and so... So I knew that the scripture base, Romans 12, 2 says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed, changed by the renewing of my mind, by the way that I think, so I can prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And I was like, God, the closer I get to you, the more I'm going to prove that will out. And I'm concerned. I'm, I'm, Lord, I want to do what you want me to do, but I just, you know, I don't know how that fits because I really don't want to go to these places and I felt guilty because I'd see other people come back from these places they're all fired up because vision comes through exposure when you go somewhere when you expose yourself to something you get a vision for it you ever, you ever notice that you ever notice how like someone maybe you went to a missions trip and you weren't that excited before you went and you're like mm, and then all of a sudden you went and you saw all these starving kids and stuff like that and you're like oh I mean, and then you get a vision for that you get a vision for yourself doing something like that then you come back or, or maybe you've been exposed to the person who comes back and you're like, hey, you want to go to lunch after church? And they're like, how dare you? People are starving somewhere. And you're like, I just want lunch, man. <laughs> and so I didn't know what to do with that. Until about three weeks ago. We were doing this, uh, this research, because I've got this show coming out on Netflix in the spring. And, and we were doing this research for where the following and fan base for my, because uh, when I don't just do church stuff. About 70% of what I do is outside of the church walls um, in comedy and, and, and outside in the secular market. And, uh, and, and as we were doing that, they brought the stats to me and they said, okay, it looks like your following and fan base comes from 41 different countries in the, in the, in the world. And all of a sudden, I had this flashback. Young man, come up here. God's going to give you words and you're going to speak to the nations. And I was like, whoa, wait a minute. You See, because I didn't understand the full picture of what my life would look like. I didn't. And some of you, you don't understand because you're afraid to get so close. to. I know not you, but the person sitting next to you, maybe. They got that look on their face. And the first step is seeing it. You gotta see yourself. When I I remember the first time I saw myself in my mind, I'm gonna get fit, I'm gonna get healthy. I was 19 years old. Oh, I could not wait. But the problem was I was scrawny, I was a little scrawny character. And 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 I I, I had these three friends and they, they they all worked out, they were bodybuilders, like literal bodybuilders. And and I knew back then if I want something better and beyond myself, I've got to get around people and things that are beyond where I am. And so this is just the principle of life. And so I was like, hey, guys, it's going to work out. And so they, they worked out. We all went to work out. And it was chest day. You know chest day. Chest day at the gym. It's man day at the gym. 
chest day, you work multiple muscle groups, you know. You mainly chest, but you work your triceps, your traps can't work. And so, you, I mean, you just do one bench press, and you're, you go from to, and you're like, yeah. Leg day, we skip leg day every time, but chest day. And it's chest day at the gym, and I remember, I remember, and I got around these guys, and chest day at the gym was great, and they put on their weight, this is a machine that had these, these uh, the, we put free weights on, and it's 45-pound plates, three of them on each side for those guys. It's like, yes, testosterone filled the air. Those guys, three of them, ten, ten of them. It was like, oh, yeah, and then it was my turn. And they took all that weight off and put my weight on, 15 pounds. Cling, 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 cling. And I got down there. Now, here, we're doing three sets. We have to do ten. They add a little weight. Then do eight on the next one, and then they add a little weight, and then do six on the last one. Okay, so that's that's the problem. And so now they they were like that. And so now I'm down there. I was like Schmeagel from Lord of the Lifts it, hurts us, burns us. And but I knew I wanted to, they. I had to get around them. I wanted to be what they were. I was tired of being what I was, and the vision. For me to be like that came from me being exposed to that. See, if you're always exposed to what you are right now, the things you're, you're always going to be like you are right now. It's so true. We have to have a purposeful, I'm just going to camp out right here, and this is probably where we're going to end the service, Not, yet, but this, because the, there's something on this. Listen, it has to be purposeful. You have to seek out seeing a vision for you in a different place. And the Bible says this, Romans 12, 2, that the only way to do that is to be transformed by the way that you think, by the renewing of your mind. You can't think different if you're not exposed to different things. You can't. The only way you can think different is to be exposed to different things, to bigger things. And some of us just have been exposed to the same reflection of where we are and the same imagery. of uh, any, any women in here, you have one of those little, um, little in your purse, a little contact, those contact, uh, yeah, the, the mirror thing? Yeah, compact things? Any, in here right now? If you have, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you have one? Ooh, here it is. All right. Ooh, this is a fancy one. I don't need this for the illustration. I'm just going to take it home to my wife as a gift. <laughs> okay. Okay. Now, there's a mirror. This is for, for the people in the room. It's a mirror in here, okay? So, so we've got this, this mirror here. Let's, uh, you're, you're precious. Can, can I use you? Yeah, I'm going to be here. Yeah. Now, I want you to hold this up and look into it. You see it? Who do you see in there? You see, I'm sorry, who do you see? Me. You see you, okay? Do you have brown hair? No. You, what color hair do you have? Blonde. You see you yourself, right? That's, you're sure that's you? Yeah. That's okay. that's sounds sounds accurate, right? Okay, so keep looking. Now I'm gonna do something. Trust me, okay? I'm gonna thump you in the head. 
You ready? Keep looking. Keep looking at yourself. Ready? One, two, three. Did that hurt? What, did it? No. Why not? I just thumped you in the head. I don't know. That's you, right? And I thumped you in the head, right? No. Now, wait a minute. It's getting confusing here. You were looking at you, but I thumped you in the head, yet it didn't hurt you at all, right? Mm-hmm. Why didn't it hurt you? You hurt the mirror. Ah. You can be seated. Thank you so much. Now, listen. Here's the issue, guys, is that we have been looking at, how much did this cost? It was free? How much, but whoever would sell it, or what do you think? Five bucks, okay? We have been looking at a $5 reflection of a priceless creation. The problem is we're looking at our reflection from the wrong sources. When we start to see it through God's eyes, it adds so much value. See, when God imagined us a long time ago, before the foundations of the earth, he didn't see this. But what we do is we look in this. We have a cheap version of who we really are. We have not been looking in the right reflection. God says to transform your mind. The only way you can change the way you see things and what it is he sees about you is to change the way you think. But if you keep looking at the same reflection, let's just say you've got an expensive phone. Uh, this, is, this isn't a real expensive one. I actually got it from my daughter. But, man, my dad's texting. He's blowing me up. Now, Let's just say I've got this. Uh, what is this? What kind of phone is this? 5C? Okay, it's a 5C. Okay? Without, without buying it on the plan or whatever, on the thing, it costs, what, 300 bucks without doing it on the thing? Yeah, about 300 bucks. $300 is no small thing. But here's what I found. Is I turn the camera on, reverse it, and I look at a reflection of myself. Okay? That's a $300 reflection of myself. Okay? It's, it's more than a $5 reflection. It's a $300 reflection. Turns out next year, this $300 reflection loses value. Because there's always a newer, upgraded model coming out. All we're doing is catching up to God's priceless image. And what we do is we think because we see value even in ourselves right now and what God is seeing, that we've got it. No, you've got to keep getting around bigger things, bigger vision. The only way you're going to see something bigger for yourself is to get around bigger things for yourself. It's the only way. That's the reason we come to church, guys. You know why? Because we look at ourselves as this is who we are as Christians. This is who we are. When we don't get around other people that are bigger than us in their walk and further in their walk with God, when we don't get around that, we become less in ours. We do. We don't become stronger. We don't, well, I don't got to go to church to go to heaven. You're right. You don't. But you are going to live through hell on earth. 
You really are. Because here in church, this is where the lessons are taught that are the, for the test coming up in our life. It's just like going to school. The tests are still going to be given whether you go to class or not. And if you don't go to class, you, the test still comes. And if you don't pass, you can't be saying, well, I don't make this. I don't know why this ain't, this ain't working. The school system ain't working. No, you're not showing up. You're, and so maybe you're in here and you've got that mentality. What you're doing right now is you're seeing a more valuable image of what church is about. And because you're seeing that, now you're having to be faced with the feeling. That's a stage two. Is first you see it, then you feel it. You feel it, that's a whole nother level. Because when you start feeling things, it's when you see that, yeah, I walk by the mirror, I see my gut, and I'm like, mm, I got to do something about that. But then when I can't literally bend over to tie my own shoe, I feel it. That's stage two. And stage two will lead you to stage three, which is take action, do something about it. If you don't do something about it, nothing's going to happen and it's going to get worse. Things are not going to get better if you do nothing to improve them. They're just not. And so if you expose yourself to bad things, you see bad things, I'm telling you, bad things will happen. It's a principle of motorcycle riding. Where you look is where you go. This is the principle of life. Where you look is where you go. I was sitting at a, 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 at a, a stop on the freeway one day, and I was just, just sitting there just listening. I, you know, cars were backed up, and I was listening to, to my bike, and I was trying to interpret what the, the Spirit was saying. And, 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 and I hear behind me, I hear, and I look in my rearview mirror. And there's a giant semi-truck that can't make the stop. Because we had an abrupt stop. And so he's about five cars back. And I see the first car. Like that. And then I see the second one. This guy's flying through. I'm on a motorcycle. And not even like a big... I'm on a little bobber, if that makes sense. It does to some people. We speak another language. And... I looked, I was almost to the bumper of this car, and I looked at the one spot over here that was clear. And as I looked, I gunned it, and, and as, I, as I pulled out like this, the car behind me slams into the car in front of me. What happens is if you look for clarity, you'll be safe. You, where you look is where you go, guys. What you see is the direction you go. If I would have just kept looking in my mirror at the wreck coming, the wreck would have killed me. And possibly the wreck in your life is crushing you right now. And you need to look for the one spot where there's clarity. And maybe that's why you're here today. Because you, you, there's that one little spot. It looks hopeless. I don't even know how I'm going to do this. But, but you just got to look where it's clear. Where you look is where you go. Don't you know that? As you look to God, think about the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul was a guy named Saul. Saul, on the road to Damascus, he's like, I'm going to go get more Christians, and we're going to stone them. And, he's, and then, all of a sudden, Jesus interrupts him. <laughs> and after that encounter, he's Paul now, and he has blinders over his eyes. See, when you see Jesus, you can't see the things of the past anymore. It changes the way you see things. It changes your identity. Where you look is where you go. What have you been looking at? What have you been looking at? It's not hard. It's pretty simple. What have you been looking at in life? Where you look is where you're going to go. David, where, where was he looking? He was looking at Bathsheba. 
he's creeping, you know? <laughs> a king like, eh, what's going on there? And where did he go? Where you look is where you're going to go. So when you look at worship, see yourself in worship. Loved it when Pastor got up here and gave us that. Explained that, that this is our communication with God. This, that opened up our eyes to a whole other thing. All of a sudden, it wasn't words on the screen. It was like, oh, yeah, that's my words to God. Like God literally said, he inhabits the praises of his people. He's here right now. Where you look is where you go. So you see yourself. You feel. When you start feeling things, it changes things. You, you, based on what you see, you start feeling. Start looking at the right things. You'll start feeling the right way. Remember when you felt like you would never get married? Uh, let me rephrase that. Guys, remember <laughs> when you felt like you would never get married? Remember? Uh-huh. Then where'd you look? Mm-hmm. You looked at the person you're married to. Yeah, it didn't happen by accident. You just find yourself one day, I guess I'm at the altar now. No. <laughs> Changed the way you felt about everything. It did. You're like, I'll never get married. Then she walked in, you're like, oh, God. Hey, you try to do the smooth stuff. It changes. It changes. Sorry, my alarm's going off. It's going to be fine. And then lastly is you deal with it. And this is what this is about today. Dealing with it. Now, tonight is going to be, you know, comedy. It's going to be straight comedy and stuff like that. But this morning, the reason that I came here is because I believe that there's at least one person in this building that's in this stage that you need to deal with it. That for whatever reason, God brought you here to see yourself in a different light. To see, expose yourself to a, a different way of thinking and see yourself engaging closer in a relationship with him. I believe that. I don't believe that I came here just by accident. I believe God sent me. I really do. And today, it's time to, to really deal with it. Now, here's the issue. Dealing with it means once you start the process, there's going to be some change involved. It's just how it goes. The reason I'm hurting up here is because now I dealt with not working out, and now my muscles are torn. That's the reason you get sore. It, it, growth happens through tearing of the muscle. That's how it happens. And you tear it, and then it heals a little bigger. Then you tear it more, and it heals a little bigger. That's how it happens. That's how growth happens. And the problem is, it doesn't feel good. And maybe you've tried to take action on this before, and it didn't feel good. So you backed out. You're like, no, the, the pain involved was too much. I wasn't willing to go. But friend, did it get any better? No, it didn't work. You're back here. You're in this position again. And, and today, you got to get to the point where you're saying, man, I'm willing to deal with it. I'm willing because one day I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be the Schmeagle guy. One day I'm going to walk in and I'm going to be the guy in the church, the person in the church that walks in and they've got it together. And they, not, not, not everyone's got it all together. We're all on a different stage of the, of the game. But, but I wanna, I'm tired of being in this condition. I want to be, 
I want to be that muscly big. I want, be, I want, I want that like, monstrous Hulk look. I want that. I, and Hulk has those perfect teeth. I want that. And, but the problem is you're still dealing with the pain of the change involved. Because there's going to be change. That's why you're here in this church. Because in this church, there's structures set up, and there's people set up, and there's staff set up, and there's leadership set up that can help you through that process. This isn't our first rodeo, guys. We, we are specialists in helping people go through the process. We're in prayer. We're connected to God in ways that will help your marriage, that will help your family, that will help the, the situation that you're in, that will help your finances, that will help you with set up. And, and you see yourself as this, and you're like, I can't see it. I can't see beyond this. And God is saying, no, you won't see it if you're looking at that. It's only through his word. That's the image. The more you see of him, then the more you see of you because he created you in his image. You gotta start seeing him and not where you are right now. And this morning, you're in that position. You're saying, I want that. Now, I don't know where you are. I don't know where you are. But I'm saying, I know there's at least one person. Because God didn't just, you know, allow me to come here, He sent me here. And so it could be that it took you coming this morning. To hear some weird Edward Scissorhand guy talk about these stories. And, and after this, I go back to Los Angeles. But you go back home to your house. You go back to your life. The question is, what will you do? Is there going to be difference? Is there going to be change? Will you take this moment? And I'm asking you to. I'm asking you to respond. Because change is necessary. See, you can change without growing, but you can't grow without changing. You can't. You can't. You can change and not grow. You can do things and change. My son, he loved when he was little, he loved those little underoos, underwear. Loved them. But uh, if he still wore the same size and never changed, there's going to be some pain involved. Because as you grow, you have to change. And that's what today is. Today is that moment. I'm going to ask everyone in this room, just real quickly, just close your eyes. This has been a presentation of Amarillo Fellowship, a community dedicated to spreading the love and hope of Christ. For more information and other podcasts, visit AmarilloFellowship.com.